Hey. hey, I'm Sid. And I'm Mike. And this is Comedy Filmmakers Motivation Monday. The podcast. And I'm Carl. Carl's back. Carl's here. Hell and yeah. There he is. It's, it's, it's really great to be back. Dude, you were so missed. I haven't listened to those episodes that you put out that I wasn't on. <laughs> we haven't put them up. Okay. okay. But we did a right, lot. Of, we sense. probably did a 30, 40. What did, how many did we do? Sid? We, were a, we were on a roll. We I were on wait. a roll. I can't wait yeah. to give them a listen. So as of right now, while we're recording this, they're not out. But they're by the time out. this is out, they'll be behind this one. Well, so if you we're, check we're them still out. contemplating mm-hmm. putting them out, but um, yeah. we'll yeah. see. We we'll finally, see. You know who we uh, uh, had in your chair? We finally got a hold of him. Rob Schneider. We had Rob Schneider. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I knew it wasn't, was... we didn't do the chair there though. We had to bring in a fucking kiddie pool. It was in his rider. <laughs> it was in his rider. I feel like I would look better in a kiddie pool than on this freaking chair. Sorry, we haven't got anyone in yeah. chair yet. We I know. something ergonomic. We had to bring in a 20K light. For anybody that doesn't know, that's a big light. We had to bring in a 20K light. We had to get electrical service in here just for that light. And it shined on him while he was floating in the pool on a raft and he had his shirt off. But it was good. I mean, he's on it. He actually did. He did 20 of the 40 episodes with us. Yeah. But the thing is about those episodes, it was definitely more quantity over quality. Yeah. And so yeah. now that you're back, we're getting the quality yeah. back. The up. quality's back up. Yeah. I love that. Well, I'm proud of you guys for doing that and, and hanging extra lights for the pool and stuff. That's mm-hmm. filmmaking. Yeah. And you're on Comedy Filmmakers Motivation That's Monday. Right. This is a podcast where we, the comedy filmmakers, really the only ones in New York, are making maybe in the whole of uh, the United States of America, probably, yeah, maybe even the whole world. I don't know, across the universe. It's just I have us. To ask the Beatles about that one. <laughs> Listen, this is a show where we talk about our process as creators, and um, I don't know. That process is kind of in flux right now. Usually, I'm talking about how we're pitching a show to sell to TV, but we're not doing that right now. And there's a big reason, and it's something that you may have noticed that we're a little more loose with the show. We might be a little sounding a little bit more like we don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. That's because this is our first time to do the episode without a script. Yeah, out we, of solidarity with the Writers Guild, we are no, we're no longer writing these episodes. We're just doing them off the cuff, improvised. Right, and that might change the pace a little and bit. In, just to clarify, in the past, we have written the entire episode and the ge- and we we write for the guest. Yeah, and then the guest comes in and maybe like punches things up that right. or like. <laughs> Put it into the, the correct context. The green draft is usually what draft thirty, like thirty point one or something. We something like that. A lot of these we wrote last year, <laughs> and uh, we just drum up, we, we brush up the jokes to be a little more current. Yeah. But not this week. No, because yeah, this, this week, week it's all improv. We yeah, stand with the. We have no script. We yeah. stand Writers, with the Writers Guild of America, That's and right. we are just winging it. Maybe yep. we should talk to somebody from the Writers Guild a little later in the episode. What oh my gosh, that would be such a good idea. I like that. Let's do it. I'll I make like a that. call on the break, and we'll see if we can get them out here. So, Carl, how are you? <laughs> I'm and good. you need some motivation today? Like, what have you been up to? This is, I will put it this way. I have complained in this segment a couple of weeks in a row about not having time to write and not writing, and I wrote... Here we and go. how do you feel? I feel great. I feel like I wish that I could have finished it, but I'm going to do that when we're done here. And I'm excited about it. And it's something that you're going to hear uh, if you're one of our Patreon subscribers right. down the line. But it's, it's coming soon. We're going to start working on the recordings of them. We've already been practicing, doing some cold reads of the script, figuring out casting. Maybe we can cast one of those roles today. We'll find out. <gasps> Uh, but, the, but I'm doing great. And also, I had a great little vacation, um, and I got some t- 
tan. I got tan. I know that's not healthy. Yeah, you got no. some I got tan? a little tan. I'm, this is the first time I've ever been darker it's than this. Some... If you're on the YouTube, you can see. Oh, it hurts. Is yeah, some... she won't even put her arm up I next to mine. I won't do it. I won't do it. Is some tan different than a suntan? Oh, no, it's the same. I just have a speech impediment. <laughs> okay, I'm glad I pointed that out. What about you guys? <laughs> How's your week? I'm actually having a great week. I had a contract of a job end and a hey. new... Uh, yes and a new better contract ahead and mm. had you, a little did you advocate for yourself i did and thank you to both of you for remembering for reminding me to remember my worth and episode um, four of this podcast mike and i both just basically rattled off advice from that one to sid yeah it was good and uh i I actually really, I've met cool people on that job. I, I, I can see, I learned a lot of lessons, you know, in hindsight, whenever you go through anything. When we started this com- this podcast, I kind of started that job. And so here we are. I also started writing and kind of like the other week, just getting getting in there and writing even some gibberish for a minute that you know you're not going to use really does get the momentum going. And I felt that. And this morning, also, not to go on a tangent, I was just thinking shower thoughts like your things get this is so- actually a segment on the show shower thoughts with sid <laughs> shower thoughts with sid life gets don't imagine sid in the shower <laughs> no just i shower fully listen. clothed carl yeah, don't worry about it um <laughs> obviously nobody else says okay so oh yeah life gets, it's the best way to get clean life gets very serious and it's stressful and sometimes when you're it's like a game of whack-a-mole when one when one thing's down another you're just like oh my goodness and I thought, man, I am just not being silly enough. I am not being goofy enough. So that's a goal for me. And Fun Sid is back. Yeah. Fun Sid is back <laughs> in the chat. And so that is definitely a goal for me. But I'm feeling good. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Mike, I, what I, think, up, dog? Well, I know you want to talk about one thing. I don't know what that Wait, It's another segment we do every week. Yeah. It's called the Peloton check-in. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. Now, you told me the last time that they, that Peloton doesn't only have the bike riding. There's other exercises that you can do. Now, I did not do any of those other exercises or ride the bike, but I did download the Peloton app. And earlier today, I woke up and our elevator in our building is broken. I live on the 11th floor. We'll put a little video up right here of <laughs> right it's playing somewhere on your screen somewhere it's, it's where uh, and there's maybe with some subtitles right? so you can get some context so the elevator broke yeah, we'll, you'll use it to cover our guests they can see it right now as yeah. they're listening I they know. can see it in their head well if they're if they're on spotify then oh oh I'm just, wow I'm, wow you would really bring that up I will, mike is trying to talk anyway sorry mike i can't picture things in my head we're going to talk about it on a future episode <laughs> not today we don't have time but y'all mike, can might be a two episode so, thing yeah so anyway so i i i uh i i had to go i had to go down the stairs twice and up once this morning and uh well i because uh, i started yeah okay at home. that makes sense i yeah, started yeah, at home sense. Took my daughter. Otherwise, if you went up twice and down once, then you couldn't be here right now. <laughs> That's right. I'd be at home. Right. <laughs> I'm really glad so, you guys figured that one out. Look. <laughs> Took a minute, but anyway, you got no, there. But I had the Peloton app. I had the Peloton app on my phone and I had it open. Therefore, it's, I feel like that's a Peloton. I oh, feel yeah. like I did it. Good job. Do you think that you'll use the stairs more often? Well, the elevator, I just got an email <laughs> earlier, just a little bit ago. The elevator is still down. You're about to be healthy as fuck. <laughs> yeah, so healthy AF. I thought living up on a high floor was awesome. 
Well, um, do you think that it got you like the ball rolling though? Like you did the stairs today and then tomorrow you'll... Definitely. It definitely got something rolling. Sweat down my forehead. Carl has gone. What it's no, it's just great to be back. I'm saying after vacation, it's nice to be back and chilling and 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 chopping it up with my two pals, my comedy filmmaker buddies. And we're so grateful after four shitty episodes, forty shitty episodes yeah. with Rob. You're yeah. back, and we're making really quality episodes. They we were got- garbage. His segues were like, "Okay, guys, so what are we talking about?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, Rob, yeah, all right. I'm gonna try to segue now." <laughs> Every time you say Segway, I just picture you on a Segway. Mm. The good thing about you guys bringing Rob in to do those episodes <laughs> while I was gone is yeah. that you, you were presented with a problem, you wanted to solve it, yeah. and you tried something. Yeah. And, and what you tried, it didn't work out. No, but that's, it didn't. That's, that doesn't take away from the I don't know if we'll ever release fact, any of those episodes. Maybe not. But it doesn't take away from the fact that you tried something, and you tried it in the moment when you thought of it. And that's what we're talking about today, Thanks. is trying it now. You got something you want to do? Say, uh, for instance, I work as an editor. I've never really been that interested in audio and mixing and how the audio gets finished and that whole process. And I never thought, it wasn't that I wasn't interested, but it seemed so hard to do that I just decided I'm never going to learn that. And then we started a podcast and I had no choice but to learn all of that stuff. And I'm really like enjoying it. And all you audiophiles out there, hit me up. Let's let's talk shop. We're gonna turn all the all the effects that we have running off right now just for a short moment. Just for a second. Listen to this. This is what it sounds like when we don't have the effects on. Yeah. Sid, say something. Say something. This is what episode one <laughs> if you go back and listen to episode one, this is what it sounded like. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now let's turn everything back on. All right. All right, so how, how do you wow. think this sounds? That Isn't, sounds amazing. Yeah, and that's what just a big difference. You know, we were trying something. So are there any <laughs> they, other... They say that it's important to, it, at the end of your life, to have tried than to regret not trying mm. at all. So who knows? I like that. If we have Better tomorrow. Better to have tried than, and lost than to have never tried at all. Is who it, said that? I think that was Bill Shakespeare. Bill Shakespeare. Um, I completely Fall agree. Fall down nine times, get up ten. Also another one by Bill Yep. <laughs> he said also, he said, if you give, if you put a bunch of sh- chimpanzees in a room with typewriters that uh, you give them enough time, one of them will write Shakespeare. That was one of his famous he quotes. He said that. Yeah. He oh. didn't even know what a chimpanzee was. A chimpanzee. So he, made, he made that word up. It was one of his words that he made up. Uh, wow. The tangents are strong today. <laughs> We're the, okay. The, <laughs> this, the lies and silly stuff, our, 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 our cup runneth over. We're good. Nobody worry about us. Um, <laughs> the the thing I wanted to say was, I feel like we had a lot of reasons to not start a podcast. One of the ones that we hear the, all the time is, that, oh, everyone's got one. Everyone's mm-hmm. got their podcast. So it's like, okay, so then if we don't, then we're actually being left out here. You understand, <laughs> like, if everyone has one and we don't, then that's yeah. leaving us out. So that's why we I wanted, wanted to it. get in. We wanted, basically, if everyone's doing it, I want in. Right. Um, but no, in all seriousness, there's... There's always going to be reasons to not try something. And I think that I would advocate, especially to you youngsters, try it now because it only gets harder to find the time to do that stuff later on. I mean, unless you just grow up and you're always doing artistic things, there comes a time when you're like, I want to try this art thing out. I want to try to write a song or to uh, perform, you know, be an actor or do whatever, you know, like 
shoot something, make a movie, make a, be a filmmaker. And there comes that time when you, you have to pull the trigger on that. And I think that like for a lot of people that can be intimidating, but you just gotta just, you gotta just do it. Yeah. And give yourself Wait, permission. Hang on. We're not allowed to say that one. Just do it. Oh uh, yeah. I, I told we're going to get flagged. Like, we're going to get flagged. Um, but so, that's, we're going to get flagged. Isn't that the, the topic today? Yeah, but try it. it's, it's actually it's really tra- good. That actually is a really good like kind of catchphrase. I like it. it sounds it's got a good ring to it. It's been trademarked by Shia LaBeouf. Oh, Shia LaBeouf said, "Just yeah. do it." Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And oh we he already, screamed it. Yeah, yes. yeah. But even screaming it, it, it counts. And we got a letter mm-hmm. from his reps. Yeah, I just got a, an email just came in. Yeah, from his reps because we were out to his reps. Remember, we were out to him. Right, right. And so you know, now that now that the everything's shut down, his reps have time to look at the emails that we sent, uh, all those scripts <laughs> and all those just pictures of us looking sad. And also, when you try something, for me, it takes a little pressure off. Um, you're just doing. You're just you know, you're just putting your toe in the you're water. Just, you're just dabbling. It's true. It's true. That's a good point. <laughs> It, it's almost it, like that sort of just write anything, write something shitty just so that you can rewrite it. It's right. like this is like the, the the global version of that where it's like try anything. Yeah. And giving yeah. yourself permission because I think we get stuck in these lanes and these we pigeonholed in these areas. And then we think, oh, I'm not good at that. So I can't do it. It's like, no, you're allowed to try different things throughout your whole life. Yeah. And Start now. Why not? And yeah, I would. I would say I would encourage people who are saying like, "Well, I'm not good at that." Just ch- change that language and say, "Either I'm not good at that yet, or I would like to be better at that." And breaking yeah. breaking things down into smaller bits, right? So instead of just "I'm going to do the whole thing right now," no, I'm just going to try. I'm just going to try. I'm going to do two minutes today, or whatever it is, five minutes, and breaking that down into smaller, smaller bits. I want to try something right now. Oh, here we go. Yeah. I want to try to take a little break. Wow. Let's try it. You are taking a break. Hey, thanks. Um, <laughs> hmm, so how does this work? I'll just push this button right here. Did you or anybody you know uh, watch a video in 2015 starring Shia LaBeouf against a green screen? I definitely watched that video. And I watched it too. Did it influence you to just do something? I was doing everything. Yeah, I wasn't doing anything and then I saw that video and I did something. If you or anyone you know was injured in 2015 or after due to watching a video by Shia LaBeouf called Just Do It, you may be entitled to damages. (laughs) A 20... 17 class action lawsuit is starting to wrap up now here in 2023. (laughs) Shia LaBeouf has a lot of different pants, all right? And we all are entitled to those pants, okay? He's got a lot of pairs of pants. We're going to sue those pants off of him with this class action lawsuit. New York's only pants attorney. Give us a call here at Goldsmith Lawyers Associates and uh, Dingle Hop. We are the number one representation for legal problems that Shia LaBeouf is having. Hi, I'm Carl Dingleshop. And, uh, you know, if you if Shia LaBeouf has caused you any damages whatsoever, you know, you just come on down <laughs> and we'll straighten you out. Yeah, after I watched that 2015 video, Shia LaBeouf telling me to just do it. I got in an auto accident right <laughs> And it permanently injured her throat. <laughs> now she constantly sounds like she needs to clear her throat. I'm Sid's brother. And I want to tell you, this has changed her life for the worse. She's not able to do podcasts effectively anymore because she's constantly gurgling through the phlegm. 
Thanks a lot, Shia LaBeouf. You just did it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't just do it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what do I do? What about my voice? Oh, are we still in the ad? We're still in the ad. <laughs> oh my god. How do we get out? Wait. When I get compensated, then we can get out of the ad. Does anybody have a settlement that we could give to Sid so this ad can stop and we can get back to the podcast? My wallet's right here. <laughs> Hang on. Uh, Sid, in the case of Sid's voice versus Shia LaBeouf, you've been awarded $4. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> oh, okay. thank God. Welcome back. Welcome back. And I love our sponsors. <laughs> I, I feel like our sponsors, um, the the ad, the copy for the ads for our sponsors has, has gotten better and better over the over the last few episodes. But uh, I want to maybe shift gears. We should Let's find out who wrote that ad and get them on the pod. You know what? He's here today. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> He's an actor and a writer and an improviser at the former and future Upright Citizens Brigade in New York. He and his collaborators did the impossible and sold a sketch comedy show. <laughs> it's on Netflix now, and it's called Astronomy Club. This is Ray Cordova. Hey, hi, Ray. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm We're really so excited you're here. I'm really happy you're here. Um, I'm a big Shia Buff fan, and I'm very offended. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's talk about that. I feel like we should definitely. I'm not really. Uh, that was a bit. <laughs> I'm not a dick. I, I actually Shia. am, and now I'm okay. offended because I, I, when people pretend to be a fan of Shia, like it really, I, I don't know. Because when I was growing up, a lot of people pretended to like Shia. Mm. Yeah. So we just got an email that if we talk about Shia anymore, he needs to be compensated for this episode. Copy we that. could pay him. You got that four got bucks. Four dollars. Yeah. You got four dollars. Right. Let him know. Hi, Ray. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me, guys. We were just trying out some bits because we were motivated by you uh, talking about just trying things, trying new things. I mean, that's the first step, you know? You tried that bit, and you might feel a way about it, but just keep trying that same bit over and over again until you're like, that's it. We've mastered this. We're going to do that. Yeah, we're, we'll do that. Yeah. We'll do the pants. They did that with Beavis we'll and Butthead, yeah. and it worked. Hey. And they're back. And it's really good. Is it back? It's back. Yeah, really back. I brought it back. Season two. Mike Judge oh, presents. back again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Check that out. Mm -hmm. Comedy <laughs> happening on TV. Or is it? I'm sorry. I was distracted by uh, Sid's money. People change oh, yeah. Yeah. when they come into instant money like it's, that. It's so. true. It's true. You never know what it's going to do to your friends. Thought she was different. Yeah. Now she was different. <laughs> now she's this person. So, Ray, we're so happy that you're here with us today. You are so talented. We're so lucky that you've actually gotten to do some Sid and Mike. Yeah. With us and being being a sketch, uh, he was also on the live comedy filmmakers motivation Monday back in 2021 on a rooftop. Yes, on our panel. You very fun. Do that again. We we want to do that again. If you would like to see this podcast live on stage in your city, just shoot us an email. You know where. We'll tell you at the end of the episode. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so we are going to do it again. Carl just is planning it, you know, putting the feelers manifesting right now. But I think that you're just so hilarious and one of the most talented people. And obviously you sold a show and made a show, a sketch show. So impressive. Astronomy Club was a UCB <laughs> sketch group, right? Uh, Astronomy Club was a few things. Astronomy Club definitely started out as a practice group. Tell us what a practice group is. We're, we're, we're always assuming, we're assuming that nobody knows anything about anything. I just assume everyone in the world knows improv well. Basically, uh, Astronomy Club 
we all met at an improv theater called UCB. UCB was definitely a place uh, that had a lot of very similar performers. Uh, they tended to not be people of color. Say the quiet part out loud. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> and that's okay. Uh, when you recognize that there's an issue and you uh, make steps to change that, uh, to solve that issue. Being a black performer at UCB, coming across other black performers at UCB, us as much as anybody wanted to see the stage more diverse. So we came together and we're like, hey, uh, this particular year, they're allowing groups to audition. And I think uh, we'd all be great auditioning together. Shout out James the Third, by the way, who definitely had that first idea of bringing us all together. That's um, James I-I-I, if you're yes. looking for a way to spell it. Three capital I's. Yeah. Get that. We basically got together a good amount of months before it was time to audition. We wanted to make sure we were well-oiled up, a well-oiled machine. So we uh, started meeting once a week and practicing, doing some indie shows around the city. And then uh, we auditioned and got into the theater. What kind of oil do you guys use to oil up? Um, uh, What is it? WD-40? Oh, that's industrial. That's industrial, too. About how it's much you use. Proven to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, I mean, yeah, got you guys. did you guys yeah. get the spot? We did get the spot. We, were, we, we made the theater. Uh, I think we were the second group in history to go into the theater, uh, make it all the way as a, as a your own group beforehand. And then they stopped doing it after that. So maybe we broke the mold. You broke the mold. <laughs> but I never answered a practice school. So a practice school is when improvisers get together outside of the theater or outside of class, and they kind of uh, practice or rehearse improv, which probably might sound crazy because you're like, oh, I thought you improvised it. But when you practice, uh, you just kind of get on that same vibe. You're working on a group mind. You're doing different drills and exercises. So you're ready to make up shit on the spot. That's when you're implementing the WD-40. Right. Is during the practice. Right. Yeah, we've noticed that too just with this episode so far we've been really rusty because <laughs> we've never we've never improvised these before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it, kudos to you and what you guys were able to accomplish. When did you start uh, improvising yourself and where? Oof. I, um, well, first of all, I didn't know that improv was its own thing. I took my first acting class when I was 19. And uh, we did improv as a warm-up. And I just thought it was this cool warm-up thing, exercise you did during uh, acting. And then uh, when I was 23, I discovered UCB by way of a comedy group called Derek Comedy, which is pretty big back in the old school YouTube name, days. Name drop. Dominic Dirks, big actor, lots of commercials he's in. Uh, DC Pearson, also in tons of stuff in small cameos. There's one more member. He didn't do so great, but he's still pretty awesome to me. Uh, Donald Glover. I think he goes by Childish Gambino sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of that guy. Um, I'll look him up. Yeah, yeah. Not as big as the other two members, but he's still pretty good in my, uh, right. in my book. Well, it's uh, all about finding that community. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But uh, I, saw the, I saw Derek Comedy on YouTube, and I found out they were doing shows in New York, and they were doing a show at UCB. So that's how I found UCB. At the show, they had pamphlets for classes, and watching them do what they did on stage was so different than their sketch comedy at, uh, on YouTube. But just as amazing, if not better, especially thinking that it was spontaneous like that. So when I saw that, I was like, I need to do this. This looks so fun. I want to do this. I saved up some money and took my first class in 2009. Went to the ringer at UCB, a couple other uh, improv places. And I, yeah, 2009, I was 23. Stuck with improv for a while. And then in 2019, 10 years later, when I was 33, uh, we had Astronomy Club on Netflix. That's beautiful. Damn. 10 years is a good, is a good time to, to check in with something you've been doing. Sure. And go, sure. 
am I, is this, should I keep this going? And I feel like you might've just gotten right in the line there. Right, right. A big yes. Well, I was 33 and I always told my mom, because when I was 19, it was like, very last minute, I was like, yeah, I don't need college. I'm just going straight into acting. My mom's like, well, why don't you just have your major be acting? And I remember going, why? So I cannot make it and teach acting? Um, <laughs> and Shout out, I, out to all the uh, acting <laughs> teachers out there. Yeah. We're, we're thinking about you. Uh, but the funny thing about that is I now teach improv. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, this actually is useful. Um, there's a reason for things. When you're 10 years is great looking back on it and where I'm at now. But when you're in anything, I think a year in, two years in, five years in, you're wondering like, oh, how am I doing? Am I progressing the way I want to progress? I told my mom when I uh, decided to go straight into acting and not do uh, college, I said, hey, if I'm 30 and there's no real signs of me making or making money, I'll go. I'll do like a nursing program or some shit. So now, much I'm 19. So here I am when I'm when I'm 30, right? And sure enough, maybe three until 31. But she's definitely like, "Hey, you're 30 now. You mentioned uh, <laughs> da, 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 da. I was like, "Mom, I'm not necessarily a place where this is taking care of me, but every year I'm I'm so much closer. And there's this there's just some good stuff happening right now. Like, yeah. I just feel it. Uh, and then uh, I was right. Every year was a little bit better and better and better and better. And then um, it really blew up uh, in like 2015, I would say, or 16, when we really started getting some fire behind us. Well, I love where you're at now, but I will say like, if I needed blood drawn, I would actually trust you to do it. Uh, you've got good bedside manner just right off the bat. Like, I'm not saying <laughs> Thank you, you. you give nurse energy, but I'm saying I would feel He's got his kit in a health medical situation. I am CPR trained. <laughs> Um, Let's do it. Let's do some CPR. Hang on. I'm, I'm going to really choke stop myself breathing. out. Yeah, okay, okay. Sid's got all. some cheese balls or something I can <laughs> choke myself out. really right. unconscious. We'll do it after the break. On the break. During the break. Actually, Mike wrote, wrote a really cool piece of copy that goes into all the emails that we send our guests. He says that we make this show for ourselves in our 20s who needed some answers and didn't have a place to look to get them. And I really think that's such a cool line. And then that's sort of where this topic came from was your response to that. So what would you tell those people who are us 10, 15 years ago who are, are thinking, like, I want to try this, but I don't know, like, am I, do I really want to invest this money into this? Do I really want to take this time or my creative energy and use it this way? How, do you, how would you talk to somebody like that? Well, the answer is yes, you do want to do that. Because if you don't, you'll keep thinking about not doing that. And if enough time goes by, you'll just be thinking, why did I never do that? Um, so, uh, you got to try it now. Yeah. And I want to point out to, uh, what Sid said a little bit earlier in the show, which is like, yeah, the thing about trying is it does take off that pressure. Cause like you were just saying, I want to try this. I want to try that. I want to try that. You can try things and decide you don't want to do it, but you won't even know you don't want to do it until you try it. You might try something you think is hard and you go, oh shit, this is easy. Now I want to keep doing this thing. So it's good to try multiple things. I was definitely a kid that wanted to try a lot of things, but just kind of opportunity and time. I couldn't. Like I wanted to play every instrument, couldn't do it. I wanted to like do martial arts, couldn't do it. I wanted to go to like all these different, I couldn't do a lot of things growing up, but I always wanted to try stuff. I think I wanted to be an actor a long time before I admitted to myself I wanted to be an actor. I think I had Absolutely. that yearning for a long time, but I remember always feeling like being an actor or a successful actor, it felt like a thing that was like a fantasy or like a, some kind of weird club I hadn't, you had to be invited to or be special about. And I just thought, I'm such an, I'm such an average Joe. There's not many people like me on TV, like, what chance do I have at going that far at something? And I think I tried to take elements of acting and I thought I wanted to be other things. The first thing I really ever wanted to do in my life was be a professional wrestler. I mean, <laughs> you couldn't tell me I was not going to be the next WWF superstar when I was a kid. Uh, Hell yeah. And a preteen. And honestly, I think I really thought 
until probably like 15. Not too late. I was like, I'm going to be a wrestler. Yeah. And then I was 15. I was like, I don't know, man. That's a lot. And I was like, what do I love? So why don't you wrestle so bad? And I realized it was the dramatics and the flair of it, mm. you know, and the storyline. So then I thought I wanted to be a writer. Then I would try and write things. I had a friend that drew comics and I would write some of the stories to his comic book. And I was like, all right, this is fun. This is fun. But I kept kind of writing characters as myself. And then I was like, I think I just want to be an actor. I think I want to be things. I want to perform and do all these things. And I always felt like I had a knack for being funny. I love making people laugh. So I was like, oh, I'm, I want to be an actor, but I think it's impossible. So I'm not admitting to myself that that's what I want to do. And then I finally admitted it to myself. And then I tried it out. It's so funny. When I first started doing acting, I was doing more dramatic things. Even like the first few plays I did were dramatic. But every room I was in, people would say, oh, you're so funny. You got to do something with comedy. And to me at the time, I just thought comedy was stand-up. And I didn't want to do stand-up. So I was like, well, I don't know what else to do. But it's cool that I'm funny. I'll just, I'll just keep being funny. So when I found improv, I was like, oh, my God. This is what everyone's talking about. Like, this is definitely a place I can be funny in. Stand-up's awesome. But I, I always feel awkward alone and just being the only person on stage. And what I loved about improv was, oh, it's not just me. You know? And, like, and I also love playing with people. If there's a game that has one player or two players or more than two, I want that version of it. You know what I mean? If I can have dinner with a person, I'd rather have dinner with someone than myself. If, like if it's a movie I really want to see, I know you really want to see it. I want to see it together as opposed to me seeing it and us talking about it. I like group activities. I'm also an only child. So maybe that's part of it, uh, being the only kid in the house. But I just love doing stuff with people. That early story, that early stuff really resonates with me because I really feel like I was a, a very similar kid where I had a lot of interests. I was able to make friends with uh, like a lot of different people. I had I was the one that was in between all the different friend groups and I I played sports. I I did music. The only thing I didn't do when I was young was acting and that was one of the things that I mean like I was so inspired by movies and comedy and all these other things and it seemed like a pipe dream that it was like I, I didn't know anybody that was acting or whatever and then also my grade, my grades weren't great and they would not let me into like the extracurricular acting stuff, the plays and stuff. And they where they could have used that as an inspirational tool for a youngster and been like, tell them, tell them, right. tell them. We'll let you in here, but you got to get your grades up instead of like keeping right. me out of it. It would have definitely been a great motivating tool. Anyway, I feel like I was a little bit later to the game because I moved to New York and I was trying to be behind the scenes. I thought I really wanted Mike, to be behind the you scenes. You are behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that a life behind the camera was like, it, it intrigued me. I thought, you know, being a director or something like that. Um, and then I got onto my first movie set and I saw actors and I really saw them in their element and I saw them on and off camera. And I was like, that's the kind of person I, I am. That's like me. And so I, I enrolled in acting classes like shortly after. And I was right. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely right. I have a question. Well, it's a, okay. This whole entertainment industry in general, improv, even making a show, and then what happens when the show is over and starting almost new chapters, like there will be highs and there will be lows and there's never really a there. How do you deal with that? Asking for myself. No, no. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think... I don't want to generalize, but I think in general, artists tend to, we're kind of cut from the same cloth, different artists, you know, we're very emotional beings. We tend to think a lot. Um, we're a little deep, you know what I mean? Uh, the good ones anyway. Uh, one thing I think I would tell my younger self, and especially when you're young, all the hopes and dreams and things you want to strive for, I think I would just be like, 
it's so cheesy, but I wouldn't use these words, but I was going to say enjoy the ride. You know, it's about, it's about the journey. It's about the ride, not the destination. But I would say it in a more, you know, uh, relatable way. But literally, like, have fun with this. Everything you're doing and you're having fun, you're building something. You're building your art. You're, you're, you're becoming better at something. Really taking the people that you're around and the, 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 the relationships that you're, that you're creating. I think we just have a goal in mind. Um, and all you see is that goal. You can miss a lot of great things and opportunities. You know, I had a friend tell me one time, there's never going to be that one idea that breaks you. I think when you're a creator, you have, the, you could have the best idea. And I know you all in this room and I've, I've had the pleasure of being involved with at least two or three of those great ideas. And you, I'm not saying you guys knew that was going to be the one, but it felt good enough where it could be the one. So there's always, you're going to have something where you're like, this is it. You work hard, like this is going to be the one. And then it doesn't pan out the way you want. And it's discouraging. And then you're like, and if it's not the first time, you're like, oh, another one. I thought this was the one. I thought it was even better than the last one. I got some, you know, I had a conversation with this person. It was making waves and then nothing. I'm not doing it anymore. It's not working out. And that stuff, it's hard. It's Are hard you to reading get our diaries? And, no. and, well, also, <laughs> I lived your life. <laughs> there's the element of output where I'm going to do, you're expected to kind of output the same things and, and you forget that things are different every day. You could read a script yesterday and you're going to interpret it and feel it and read it differently. It's just like a theater show. Every night from the outside might look, oh, the same, but it's different every day. And I, I think I personally don't give myself enough grace for that where I spend more time thinking about how I think it should be than just being like, yo, this is where it is. This is where I'm at. Let me show up exactly as this and use that to the best of my ability and wow i needed to remind myself yeah. of that today yeah. <laughs> i think a big part of my journey is that um is you know i'm i'm trying to get to back to a place where i am enjoying that process and enjoying that journey on the day to day and just enjoying that part of it and not getting caught up like you're saying in the like i should be here or this thing isn't working out exactly how I want it to be. Cause you know, I mean, older you get, tough, yeah. time goes on, yeah, you have a kid, you don't you have a kid, whatever. You think you're supposed to be in a certain place by yeah. a certain time. And that is yeah. not always the case. And even when you get there, I mean, I really always have to remind myself that I could get the job that I could make a million bucks and then I could lose a million bucks. And like, it really is, there is no constant, there is no guarantee in anything. I wanted to ask, so did you move on to do sketch? Were you doing sketch at the same time? Because Astronomy Club is sketch. You wrote sketches and filmed them, and we're going to get into how that all worked too. Uh, but did you move into sketch? or Because I've, I've heard that there are warring factions at UCB between improvers and sketch artists. Can you provide any? Um. There are factions in everything, right? There's definitely factions at UCB and probably, I would say, probably most theater institutions or institutions in general. Whatever battling or warring is happening between the two, uh, they still come together almost all the time because those sketch writers need those actors and usually the improvisers and sketch writers come together like on shows like Maud Night. Sketch writers will use improvers as they're thinking of improvisers as as actors. Usually, especially at like places like UCB. Okay, mm -hmm. interesting. Most improv theaters also have sketch performances, and usually the the actors in the sketch performances tend to be the improvisers. There's people who do UCB listening to this episode, going, "Oh God, stop talking about shop! I I want to hear the real stuff. How did <laughs> how did he get this show?" 
Should yeah. we should we get into that? Yeah, I want to definitely hear about that because like I know that one of the what, what we were talking about earlier was just like, you know, not feeling like you like you're you are where you want to be, right? And I think that one of the reasons for me personally is that my favorite place to be is in production on something that we have worked on together and collaborated on. My favorite uh uh place to be is on set and shooting stuff. And so like you know, when you're when you're doing everything yourself, that can be a tall order because uh, it's expensive and finding the time and all making the time and all those things, uh, you know, it, it can be it can start to it, it can start to add up. So, like, I want to hear how amazing like or what it was like to to be able to really like write anything and then like produce it and and get it to that 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 place where it was like polished and fantastic. I mean, your show is so amazing and funny. Thank so, you. first of all, so I had a lot of help. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, there were eight of us, um, and I never—I don't want to say never—but I definitely didn't have the mindset of I want to be a writer. I definitely was like, I want to perform. I want to be an actor. I want to be a comedian, but I don't want to write. I just when I I started taking improv classes in two thousand nine, and you know, YouTube hadn't been out that long. That was the end, I feel like, the era of, wow, you're really funny. You're going places. Now, in the world of comedy, you can't just do one thing. Unless you're, unless you're like the golden goose, meaning like you're that person. You're the next big stand-up. You're the next, like you're just the best to ever do sketch. We're all going to have trouble naming one right. from right now, too, because I think what you right. just said is true. You do have to kind of do like, it all. Yeah, Richard Pryor, you know, uh, his, some of his stand-up, a lot of his shows... You know, he had Paul Moody helping him write. And that, that was how it was back in the day. You have a great performer and a great writer behind them. It's kind of still that way sometimes now. But there was a that, little path that was paved in a way that I think is not now. Right. And and now, well, also too now, it's just like, there's this thing with the, the biz where like, no one cares how funny you are. It's kind of like, oh, what else can you do? Can you also write? You can do stand-up? Can you do improv? Can you write? What can are you your direct? views like? Right. What, <laughs> you know, um, are you making videos? Like yeah. what's... They want you to be everything now. So yeah. you have to be your own director, producer, writer, editor. They don't want to pay five people to do five jobs. They want to pay right. one person to do five jobs. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. And here's the thing. One thing about acting, as much as I love acting, it doesn't matter how great of an actor you are. Again, unless you're the next Meryl Streep, it's a fucking scratch off. It's the lottery. Everyone's funny. Everyone's talented. They can only pick one person for this role. So like, you're, you might be really good and still not quite getting that thing. So I, you have to do other things. Like if you're an actor, especially if you're a comedian, you gotta write your shit. If you're yeah. an improviser and you're coming, up, you're coming up with things on top of your head, figure out how to figure out a way to put it together and write it down because you have to make your own work now to even have a shot. Before Netflix, there was Comedy Central Digital. Yes. So I actually am really interested in, in how you guys made those. Was, was that self-funded? Did Comedy Central have some money for you? Like how did those come about? Comedy Central took care of everything as far as that goes. The Comedy Central uh, series went we're going to put a link to that in the show notes. Yes, yes, by the yes. Way. There's some great sketches that you can't see on Really Netflix. good sketches. What happened was we just, we were, we did really well as an improv team. And UCB was known for being a place uh, where people move on to things like SNL and et cetera and other shows. And we had a lot of eyes on us. And eventually Comedy Central invited us to do a showcase that had us be a part of the 2015 uh, Comedians to Watch. And everyone that was invited to that showcase got a, a sketch deal with Comedy Central to produce one sketch for you and give you like 300 bucks or something like that. Months before that, we were trying to get a meeting, a pitch meeting for a show with them. So when they asked us to do the showcase, we were like, hey, 
that sketch is nice, but can we get a few more sketches and have a series? And they gave us a pitch meeting for us for a series and they loved it. And they were like, you guys are great. Um, and we're a big group. There's eight of us. And I think there were probably, it felt like eight producers in that room. So there was like six, we're at the biggest table, all these chairs. It was a very big room. Um, the one with they, the cloud? Was it the room with the cloud? I don't remember, but I know the, I, I know the cloud we're talking about. I don't, I don't remember if that was the room we were in. So probably not. Were you at 1515 Broadway? Absolutely at 15 Broadway. Yeah, we, were, we, we were know that, that building. We were, we were in that cloud room. Um, <laughs> we went right through that cloud. And they were like, <laughs> um, they were like, hey, we love you guys. We think you're so funny. We've seen your improv shows, but nobody knows who you are. So we're definitely not going to give you a show. <laughs> but we'd love to give you a digital series and just see what's out there. And we want to learn what you learned from that experience. Which I, we want to learn what you learned from that experience. Right. That's hilarious. Capitalism. <laughs> that sounds like, like capitalism. This is, your, this is your, this is your, it does sound like capitalism because <laughs> yeah. it was. No, it's a, uh, hey, we love the idea of this and how's this sound? We want you to make a digital version of it. And we, if this is your idea for a show now, you want to, we want to check back in and see what you've learned from the digital series. One of the sketches off there was one of my favorites that you guys ever did was the, uh, was James doing the, um, the funeral home, funeral sketch. home sketch. Yes, yes. yes. thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, the funeral man, home that director. Was... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorites too. From the from that's that so series. good. I mean, just knocked it out of the park with that one. James the Third, man, he's on with the uh, with those characters. People say, "Oh, I, I have I, I have good ideas, but I can't write." Um, everyone can write, assuming that you literally learned how to read and write in school. So I'm saying it to say that you know when something very funny happens to you. You know when you have a moment in life and you're like, "This is unbelievable." Who else would this happen to? Write that shit down. Yep. If you make yourself, if you think a thought and you audibly laugh out loud, write that down. If you're in a real life situation and it feels insane and like this isn't the real world, write that down. And you were also saying something earlier to us uh, off camera that was about like, just write that first draft. And, oh yeah. yeah. Stop treating your first draft like your final draft. No yes. matter how good your first script, your first pass at a script is, you're going to have to rewrite it and drop a bunch of shit and edit. So just get the first one out for the framework, so you can you're gonna make it better each time you rewrite it. Definitely. And connecting those thoughts, that I got, we got to reiterate. If you think of something funny, yes, write it down. Write it down. This isn't your first draft. This is a notes app. Yes. This is a piece of paper. This is somewhere you're gonna find it later because you may think you're gonna remember it because it's the funniest thing you ever thought of. You'll and I forget. Can guarantee you from experience. <laughs> Every single one of us has thought that and yep. not remembered it, and and still kicking ourselves that? about this idea. What was it? I have. I have definitely like done like the 3 a.m. wake up in the middle of the night, funny joke in my head, yeah. like open the phone, like try and hide the light and just like type it real quickly. And my greatest material is lost in the ether of me thinking I'll remember it. Yeah. I know my best material was shit I didn't write down and thought it's so good. I'm not going to, I can't forget this. The best idea I've ever had. And I forgot. Always and and, and, and mm-hmm. write down enough that you are going to be able to really remember it. Cause I have written down 1976 heads up penny. <laughs> and I remember, I remember when I wrote it down, it was the funniest fucking thing I had ever thought of. And I think about this all the time. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> That's a great, it's making us laugh. <laughs> That's a great point. Because there are times where I'm in a rush or I don't have time, and I go, I'm gonna write down some keywords, and this will jog my memory yeah. about my idea. And then I'm like, tree jam foot. No, it doesn't work. That is what. what? Oh, the tree jam foot. The tree jam I foot. Oh. oh, so yeah, write your idea down fully if you can. Is that jam? Is that like jam? Like the like the breaded on bread? I don't bread? remember. Yeah. I, I was trying to decipher it. Did I mean like a party? Space or jam. Like, right? Was there ever a point where you felt like nervous to share your stuff? Yes. And if there was, what did you like? How did you get over that? Because I have a lot of things written that I just I stop myself before anything that just because i'm i'm like this i don't want to share this i'm not ready to share yeah yeah that, um, they're just for me 
My favorite quote from Michelle Obama, gotta shout her out real quick. Every day we are becoming. We have to forgive ourselves when we're harsh on ourselves and, and we're worried about, oh, I didn't do this yet in my life or, oh, I messed this thing up or I lost this opportunity. Like, we're always trying and trying to become better than we were the day before, hopefully. Um, so Thanks, Obama. Be easy on yourself. Michelle Obama. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. The one that counts. Yeah. I'm sorry. They both count. I don't know yeah. why I chose her. <laughs> you said it, not me. You know, if I were to say it, I'm we, a big our, fan of our both. views would go way up on YouTube. <laughs> we, would, we would finally hit that mark if I would just start saying stuff like that. Go ahead. <laughs> say it. I never want to be a writer, but I realized you have to write. And then when, when Astronomy Club happened, we started as an improv team. The theater decided um, to have us do improv on other teams apart from each other. So we were like, oh. They broke y'all up? They broke us up. They broke up Astronomy Whoa. Club. Wow. This sounds like something the FBI would do, honestly. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> um, when I first started at UCB in 2009, I got offered a diversity scholarship that I never applied for. And I was like, hey, what's this? And they're like, hey, we just want to make our stage more diverse. So we, we're, we're trying to encourage people to take some classes who don't look like us. And we want to make this place more diverse eventually. That was 2009. Astronomy Club became a house team in about 2015. 16 and they always had a brown face on their stage but it did feel like after a while you were still rotating similar ones and when you added new ones it was still a low enough number where like pretty much i saw the same amount of brown people on stage on harold night in 2009 as i almost did five six years later now i'll say this if i shout out all the amazing brown performers at ucb we don't have no time on this, on, well, on this set. Yeah, check but, the Patreon. We you know got on the Patreon raise. I list out every all the, great yeah. black improviser at UCB. <laughs> so have some time on your hands. Um, so eventually they bro they broke us up, and we were like, "Well, we're not gonna start working together." Also, we're our own improv team, so we were like, "Well, we can still improv do improv shows with other theaters," and we did. Mm -hmm. But also, it was like we wanted to perform together so bad at UCB. We were like, "Hey, why don't we just write a sketch show for Black History Month just cause have some fun and do a sketch show?" And we want to do it as a one off. About an hour long show, we did it, and the person running the theater at the time said, "Hey, this is great. You should do this all year round, not just for Black History Month." Um, so I want you to um, smart person cut it. Yeah, yeah. I want you to. Well, they also broke us up later, but that's a different <laughs> story. But we ended up writing that. The, we 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 made a shorter version of the Black History Month show, and we did it at the theater for a couple months in New York and L.A. And somewhere between all that happening, we got the call from Comedy Central, like, hey, we want you to do this showcase, and then bop, 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 when you, bop, bop. When you pitched to Comedy Central, did you pitch sketches? Did you pitch uh, the vibe? Like, what was, what was the pitch in the room? I'll tell you this. I mean, if you get any opportunity like that, you got to be ready. And if you think you're ready enough, be even more ready. One thing that I'll say, we definitely did a lot of preparation work before that pitch meeting. And we already know we're eight people. So it might be different if you're by yourself or in a duo or in a trio, even if it's just you. You definitely want to rehearse or go over things you want to do when you're in front of people that can give you big opportunities. They see a bunch of people. You don't want to not know what you're talking about. You want to make sure you guys have the same talking points. Yes. It's eight of us. We literally worked out like, okay, at this point, I'm going to toss up to Caroline. And Caroline's going to go on this topic. And then she'll pass it over to James. Uh, because you want to be clean and you want to... It's a daunting task to work with eight people. I would imagine for anyone, any production or any uh, situation... So we want to look like we have our shit together, you know what I mean? And present ourselves as such. So you want to make sure you go into those things clean. There's nothing wrong with writing down and rehearsing a meeting or just practicing what they might ask you. Now that they're in Zoom meetings, you can oh have my that gosh. script just right, right on the screen yeah. for you. Man, I tell you, doing meetings on Zoom over in person was the worst. I consider yeah. myself a chemistry in the room guy. And then when you're, even when you're with a, a, a friend of yours and you're pitching something, when you're doing it on Zoom... 
it's just off with the whole like I'm coming in when you're done and like we're running yeah. this bit. It doesn't hit the same on Zoom and the delays and the yeah. Ugh. And on yeah. Zoom they might be like, "We love you guys. You're awesome. I'm I'm with you. I'm working with you guys." And then as soon as the Zoom call goes off, three months later they tell you, "We're not, I'm not. I'm Never mind. I'm not right. Their agent actually tells you, "I'm out." Sorry, I'm a little. No, maybe I'm talking about something that really happened. Listen, man, we <laughs> all have a story. Uh, well, we there's, all have a, there's story. A, a cute little story that uh, I'll tell is that Ray actually got us into a meeting with a, a huge producer who produces a lot of sketch comedy for TV and we weren't ready. It was, oh, yeah, yeah, it was uh, really much more like, oh, this is a general, we know. Yeah. And then we were like mm-hmm. asked to pitch and prep. we were not quite in sure. the place. If you think you're going into a general, prep for and, a pitch because yep. you, they might just say, uh, I like you guys, let's hear the pitch. And then suddenly you're like, well, I wasn't prepped for that. Right. Yeah. So we're not working with that person, but it's okay. <laughs> but every day we are becoming. You know? but every day we are becoming. That That's all. Rejection is protection. Like we're good. <laughs> we're still on the path, on the way. For getting us that meeting, yeah, of course, and, and making that contact. And I, I do think that I think we're also projecting a lot when we talk about like, how that meeting went. Yeah, it's all good. That meeting actually went really well. It wasn't it just we were we, we just weren't pitch, ready to pitch. Our pitch wasn't ready, yeah. and we could have been like, "Hey, we want to come back and pitch you." So if you're ever not ready, you can always, I think it's probably fine to be like, hey, we're, we actually were not prepared to pitch in this meeting. So we would love to come back and talk to you and, mm-hmm. and pitch again. We learned a lot last year. Yeah. <laughs> we are still learning a lot every day. It's is hard. The- it's hard to like celebrate small victories when you haven't gotten the victory that you know is on the way that you deserve. But yes. I mean, I've known you guys for a while and I know you've met with plenty of people throughout the years. But like, I remember a time where I, I used to always think I had friends that had auditions. I'd be like, man, I can't wait to get an audition. All I was doing was reading back, uh, reading backstage and Craigslist back in the day, because uh, that's what we had. Oh, back yeah. in the day, Mandy, you know what I'm saying? Mandy, Mandy, Mandy. Mandy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Mandy.com for sure. I did a Mandy job. Playbill.com. Uh, Playbill.com, Casting NYC, Casting mm-hmm. Network, you know, all the things. Oh, mm-hmm. man, um, the archives. Right, going through it. <laughs> then I finally got an audition. I had friends like, oh yeah, I had like three or four last week. I was like, oh my God, you get more than one in a week? Like, oh <laughs> shit. Like, I always just wanted to be like, oh, it must be so cool to have a manager or, or get called in more than once a week. And then every time you enter that phase, it goes into the next thing you're not getting. Well, now I'm not getting booked. I'm getting yeah. auditions, great. But now yeah. I'm not getting, I'm not booking, so what's the point? They're just seeing me, then I'm not. But it's cool to have a pitch meeting. And it's cool to have a pitch meeting with someone that's done great things and won a bunch of awards yes. and has accolades like, you know, so even when we were we were doing astronomy and, the, club and stuff, getting the meeting yeah. itself is validation. Yes, yeah, that's what I'm totally. saying. And we you have to recognize that validation. Yeah, we, moment. That. we took a leap from get, taking meetings of like, yeah, keep doing what you're doing to taking meetings of you guys are awesome and you're definitely like ready to make a show, but we're not the home for you yeah. but, and then and we that, had that one meeting where it was like yes you, this is it we're, oh, we're man, gonna do guys, it this is the moment and then we're gonna move happen. on from that <laughs> that's how it is, man. It sucks man. in 2025 sorry, i feel one day it's coming now. but i, I had that it same, is coming that story that you were telling about auditions i had that same thing a year before we were we were pitching our show in rooms i was having all these friends who were, were pitching comedy shows and i was listening to stories about oh yeah i had this pitch and we had this meeting with them this meeting with them I'm like, man, I really want that. I really want that. And now we've got that. And like you just said, it's like, now I want the next thing. I want it's to a mirage. Mm-hmm. Life is a mirage. Didn't you know that? <laughs> Haven't we learned that yet? Hello. If there's one takeaway. 
There is no destination. Right. There is no. only the Are we wandering in the desert And you right now? keep thinking that you're really oh. close. <laughs> you keep thinking that it's right there. I mean, um, so I always thought like, I think in my mind, I was like, you know, you want to do comedy or I chose I want to do comedy. I decided I want to do comedy. And I was like, you know, what is success? And I was just like, man, if I could be on TV, if I can get my own show, like, that's it, man. You made it. So now like, I have a show on Netflix. And I was like, it came and went as far as it got canceled, but it's still on Netflix, obviously. But I remember being like, oh, it's the same thing. Now it's like, oh, I want another show. I finally <laughs> got a show. I thought as a kid or a teenager, that's my lifelong dream. I got yeah. this show. That's not it. You know what yeah, I mean? That's yeah. one step in it. We could probably talk about this stuff all day <laughs> and night. And maybe we'll get an opportunity to do it again. Would you come back and do the show? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We can do a part two, baby. Is that how that works? If you want people to find you on the internet or in the world, where can they find you? I don't. So let's move on. No, I'm kidding, obviously. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Complex Cordova, Cordova being my last name, and on Instagram at The Real Ray Cordova. I have two Instagrams. <laughs> I have to get rid of one. I always kind of forget I have the other one until like I meet new people and they accidentally follow me on the old one. Mm-hmm. And now I'm starting to teach more and students are following the wrong one. And I'm just like, I need to get rid of this thing. We are getting to that place in the show where we do fake pitches. Sasha, our producer, is going to spin that wheel. Oh, oh, here we go. It's oh, spinning. There it it's is. spinning. The wheel it spins and where it stops, nobody knows. Oh, chat GPT. Chat do the honors. Two random right. words. <laughs> you guys ready for the two random words that ChatGPT just told me? Absolutely. I'm ready. Penguin ladder. Penguin ladder. Penguin ladder. Ladder as in L A D D E R, the thing you climb, not ladder as in the thing that I said after the first thing that I said. Okay. 30 seconds are on the clock. We are doing different pitches for different bitches today. So everybody gets their own pitch. It doesn't have to be called Penguin Ladder. But it can. And as always, the guest has one free pass that they can use at any time to not have to pitch. Just one pass. Penguin Ladder is a children's book. Uh, it's a pop-up book. And yeah, and each, so there's, there's two penguins. It's Flossie and Flo. And, so far, uh, so good. Yeah, Flossie is, she's sassy. You know, she's a sassy penguin. And Flo just likes to like chill and go with it. But Flossie is like, you know, oh, we got to get up these slides and they, you know, they bring their own ladder. So it all, so the book is, takes place in the North Pole, of course. And uh, Flo and Flossie and Flossie and Flo, they're just two single ladies that, now they're roommates, right? They're telling, they're telling the rest of their penguin family that they're roommates. But in actuality, these penguins are together. Right? Oh. Right. They're not so like actually. Ernie and Bert? <laughs> yeah, exactly like Bert and Ernie. Ernie. Sorry, Bert and Ernie. Bert and Ernie. Yeah. So anyway, so they they their whole lives are just revolve around climbing the like climbing these ladders and going down all these little shoots. And the, the other penguins are like, "Hey, it's time to have like a penguin to, to lay some eggs and uh, you know do this." And so penguin eggs. Yeah, some penguin eggs. They actually there's actually a third penguin that they they sit on that that penguin gets eaten by a, a seal. It's tragic. Oh, it's okay. tragic. All right. So Flo and Flossie <laughs> adopt this penguin's egg and they sit on this egg and they raise the, this egg together and then that baby his name's Ladder oh <laughs> got was, it because they had that was the that longest was, that it was, was a long elevator ride <laughs> no 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 oh my gosh 
Uh, do you got comps for that? Uh, yes. <laughs> the elevator uh, was actually broken for that right. one. It's Curious George meets uh, Sesame Place. Ah, Sesame, so, Sesame Place. Sesame Place. Is, is that like the, the hills the theme, for Sesame Street? Sesame Place is the theme park that is Sesame so, Street. So got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got Penguin got it. Ladder is a new reality series and online dating show it is the masked singer meets love is blind wow. where everyone because they're looking for their soulmate and penguins have one mate for life so they all design their own penguin costumes mm-hmm. and they for every um like match or like good experience they kind of crawl one step up the ladder and the goal is to meet your penguin mate at the top but there's a lot of like penguin fights that go on like there's drama people trying to push each other off the ladders and people trying to like break ladders and stuff this is like a collaboration with the wwe and uh and the mass singer Oh yeah, it also has some um, the Ninja Warrior Ninja vibes to oh, it. Wow. It's got yeah. a lot going on. Okay, yes, okay. <laughs> but I'd watch. it's mm-hmm. uh, sounds good. Anyway, that's it. Nice. Penguin Ladder. Love it. Find your love today. Great. I'm. I want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Penguin Ladder. Uh, the the show that I'm I'm presenting is called Makeup Wars. This is a show, it's sort of meta because it is fictional. It's about these makeup artists uh, who are working on a Warner Brothers show. They all get hit with a shrink ray and they all turn to be a, a one inch high. <laughs> and they, because there's, they're all one inch high makeup artists, they have to use these ladders to climb up Colin Farrell mm. and put his prosthetics on for his show. Oh my God. So it's, it's sort of like pretending to be bts of his new show coming out on on uh some hbo HBO, uh where he plays the batman villain the penguin and uh these makeup artists they they climb up the ladder and sometimes like that climb sometimes an an entire episode they're an hour long and it's a drama it's it's a you've seen the episode of of uh game of thrones where they where they have to climb the wall in the north and they're and they're fighting off zombies and weird Mm -hmm. dragons and stuff this is that, except it's it's in the real world. So they're fighting off like dragonflies. It's, it's so it's Honey I Shrunk the Kid yeah. meets the <clears throat> climbing the wall episode of Game of Thrones. Amazing. And wow. Colin Farrell sitting in a makeup chair. That's incredible. Wow. And he's, we got him for every episode. And at the beginning, he's Colin Farrell. And at the end, he's the penguin. At the beginning, he is Colin of every Farrell. episode. Of every episode, the makeup gets done. Wow. wow. Or does it? Yeah. And it's called Makeup Wars. <laughs> Love it. I'm here for it. Love it. That was awesome. Bear with, bear with me on this one, all right? Okay, here we go. So here's the thing. Um, we're going to see three generations of a penguin family. Okay? It's going to start out with penguins how we know them. Our concept of what penguins are nowadays. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to give away too much. Uh, something happens where they evolve rapidly. And every generation, the next generation following the first one is more evolved than the last generation. Oh, my gosh. Um. Uh, and these, and by the time we get to the, to the last generation of it, we've basically, how do I put this? Uh, think of it as menace to society meets succession. Now the oh menace God. to society parts more of the, the, the original way we know penguins, you know, uh, they can communicate amongst themselves, but you know, still penguins. That's so, not how I see penguins. A lot of, okay, okay. Okay. I know a lot of penguins that I'm very good friends with and I, okay. don't, I don't see them all as menaces to society. Well, <laughs> the thing is this family had it hard. Particularly this penguin family, they're, 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 they're humble but rough beginnings. 
you know, they did things that they weren't proud. They had to do as penguins. They grew up in the South Pole. The South Pole. Okay. Oh. The South Side of the South Pole. Okay. Oh. So it was so really of snowfall. You know, what I'm saying, hey, listen, you can. It's that lifestyle, but in the penguin world. That first iteration of it. We got a lot of snow up there. A lot of snow. Yeah. Caps of them. The white stuff. Right. And that white stuff, we get to that by the time where they're in their final evolution. Now, these penguins, they've evolved to a point where they came from living in snow to where, yeah, they're they're snorting coke and they're handling a lot of money. (laughs) This evolved version of a a penguin, they're doing well for themselves. And it's like, you know, and the the family is like, hey, have we lost who we were? Like grandpa, (laughs) grandpa had a time where he was fighting over fish and like what part of the iceberg to be on. And now here we are walking and talking with humans and, and, and. We're fighting over billions. Yeah. And it's just mm. a lot. It's a lot. But you, you, what I'm thinking here is humans <laughs> want to see the worth of society, but they also want to see that real rich lifestyle that they hope to have one day. But people can't handle seeing themselves. So you give them a little cutesy thing. You see what I'm saying here? So yeah. it's penguins. And you're like, oh, this is cute. And it looks, it's silly because they're penguins. But when you're done watching, you're like, I learned a lot about society and myself. Penguin ladder. The ladder of success of penguins. See what I'm saying? Penguin Love ladder. That. You're not rich until you're penguin rich. I love that. Those are I like that. four green wow. lights. Four green lights. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. It's crazy. Well, and here's yeah. the thing. I, I will say this. We did get the green light. We are going to wait until the strike is over to make these shows. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hopefully by the time that the, this airs, everything will be done with. All the writers will be rich and be driving Corvettes sure. and, and Ferraris, which is what they want. We I actually, didn't, I we didn't even question. get into the that. The science exists to to for these to to rapidly evolve penguins. See, I didn't want to. I mentioned the part about not. I want to give away it's too NDA. much because yeah. I don't want it to be a thing where you pass on it and then you take that part of it and I right. see it with like, oh, it's a rat race now yeah. that knows they're evolved because of that <laughs> meteor. Is there a fun. rat race? You also? mean a penguin, penguin race? No, no, penguin race. Penguin race. Penguin. You saying his you version? Take his idea. And you could how do, they're evolving and then apply it to rats. Thank you, Carl. So yeah. I can't tell you that part. If you want to make oh, this shit. thing happen. That's where Master <laughs> Splinter came from. Teenage Mutant Ninja Penguins. It's got legs. It's, yeah, got, it's got flappers. Two it's got little flappers. short legs <laughs> waddling around. Why, that's got flappers. <laughs> wow. Um, there's nothing left flippers? for us to do here now. Flippers. I think those are flippers. Flappers now, baby. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming to the show. Thank you for having me, guys. I would love to come back anytime. We love you. And love thank, you too. Thank you all for listening or watching the show. Cha-ching. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure yeah. there's a better way to end it, right? <laughs> I want to ka-ching. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can we have Ray do the ka-ching? Comedy Filmmakers Motivation Monday, the podcast, is a production of Dark Matter Entertainment and Phantom Strain Pictures. Our producer is Sasha Nonas Barnes. Our theme song is by Joseph Colmanero. Find us online on YouTube or Instagram at Sid and Mike or email us at SidandMikeNYC at gmail.com. <laughs>